Hey, this book is my all-sufficient guide for faith and conduct. Amen. Then we have a purpose statement or a uh, vision statement at North Lake Church. This is about who we are. This is about why we exist as a church. Convinced living water changes everything one life at a time. That's how the Lord has asked us to go about until he comes that we would see that we were giving out the good news to everyone and that's not just the responsibility of a few. It is the church of Jesus Christ as a whole. Amen? Amen. Amen. So we have been talking about the power of God. Again, I introduced uh, obedience, the word obedience. I introduced the word uh, uh, faith. And I've introduced the word action. I'm going to be introducing our fourth word today, and that is prayer. And uh, as we look at these, uh, I've been kind of hitting a little bit on the entirety of the topic, the power of God, unleashing and unlocking it in your daily life. But now we're going to kind of switch. We're going to be focusing on each of these words in the weeks and the months ahead and talk about how through these specific words can we truly unlock and unleash the power of God for daily living. It's not just for uh, uh, spiritual concept and, and to be talked around the table. Jesus Christ, his life that he gave on the cross and him coming into our hearts is to be an active part of our daily living to him. And I will tell you, untruly, truly until it becomes a part like that, it's just religion. And remember what I've told you about religion? Religion will what? Kill you. Relationship with Jesus Christ will set you free. Hallelujah. All right, so uh, we're talking about the power of God and, of course, unlocking and unleashing that power. We do want to be connected to God's power, but part of being connected to God's power means we must be people of the Word of God. We must be people that take everything to the Word of God. So this morning, I specifically want to talk about plug in to the power of prayer. Plug in to the power of prayer. Prayer is truly like the one tool box in your... Uh, we all have certain tools. And uh, maybe this is a little less true of you. If you truly are uh, gifted in, in uh, workmanship, you may have a lot of tools in your closet that are are used and well used and some of them probably more well used than others okay but if you go to mine I have a, a few tools that uh, are pretty well used a hammer works well for me because <laughs> because I kind of have that mindset if it's if it's broken force it or if it's if it's not if it's not working force it and if it breaks it needed replacing anyway okay <laughs> but but truly, what I'm talking about is all of us have tools. But prayer, I find, is truly like one of my uh, tools in my box that I can have a, uh, a, a, 
one of those tools that helps you figure out an angle or helps you figure out all that. And you know what? It's not going to help me in my house. I'm not a carpenter. In fact, my wife has said, honey, I'm glad that you weren't called to be a carpenter because we would starve. <laughs> okay? I'm just, I, and I've gotten better over the years, but still my proficiency isn't there. But this is what I find. Unless you really start training yourself and are willing to take the time that you won't get any better. May I say that God has given us some keys and some tools that we have in our spiritual arsenal. And I have found that prayer is one of those tools, if we could walk into our, our tool shed, if you will, of our spiritual tools, it's like it's brand new coming out of Walmart. It's never been used, hardly touched, only used when absolutely necessary. And, and yet I find that prayer is one of the most powerful, effective tools that God has given us. Yet, in my own life, I tell you, that so often I say, well, we can always pray, when instead I should be saying, we can pray all the time. <laughs> Do you hear the difference? We can always pray is kind of that last desperate act. Well, I guess I've done everything else. I'll go ahead and pray. When instead, we ought to be praying all the time. Amen? So as we look at this, I want us to truly look at uh, a very uh, well-known passage of Scripture, but it's where Jesus talks specifically about prayer and how it works. And it gives us some incredible insights, not only to prayer, but most importantly, to the character of God. Because, see, if we even had all the aspects of prayer, but we didn't understand the character of God, we'll never pray. But when we understand the character of God and who He is, it will truly ignite a fire for us to pray. So this passage that Jesus is talking about, and it is talked about as a parable. Now, a parable is a story that is used to teach us a spiritual truth that God is trying to relay. So Jesus is taking a story that would be common using everyday circumstances and trying, us to, trying for us to grab onto a concept of God. All right, so let's look. We're at Luke chapter 18. We're going to start at verse number 1. Now, he was telling them a parable to show them that at all times they ought to pray and not to lose heart, saying, There was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God and did not respect man. And there was a widow in that city, and she kept coming to him, saying, Give me legal protection from my opponent. And for a while he was unwilling. But afterward he said to himself, 
even though I do not fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow bothers me, I will give her legal protection, lest by her continually coming she wear me out. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge said. Now shall not God bring about justice for his elect who cry out to him day and night? And will he delay long over them? I tell you that he will bring about justice for them speedily. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Wow. A very important passage of Scripture. Now, you will notice as we went through the passage of Scripture that there were several key words that were highlighted. Those highlighted words are what I want to talk to you about as we talk about prayer this morning, as we talk about what it is and about uh, uh, how it is that God is asking us to pray, and then we're going to talk about how all of that relates to the character of God. The first thing that we need to understand, and Jesus says it as he talks about it in the very first verse, he shows them that at all times. When? At all times. Now again, we want to talk about being prayer warriors. If you haven't uh, seen uh, War Room yet, I've heard it's a great movie. Haven't seen it yet, but it's a great movie. But truly, we have lost a passion for prayer in our country. It's so easy for us to get distracted in America. We've got more distractions than any other nation because we've been blessed. Now, that doesn't excuse us, but uh, please understand, I'm just stating a fact that we need to even be more focused because truly prayer is important. In fact, I will tell you that prayer is the avenue that God has given to answer us. Just like I talked to you last night about faith being the currency of heaven, prayer is the way and the avenue in which God answers. So we can argue about why God chose prayer. <laughs> and that's what we want to talk about. And by the way, 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. Now, lest that exhaust you, this is a mindset. Jesus talks about in the uh, gospel uh, and on the Sermon on the Mount, don't think that if you pray by many words or trying to impress people, that that's the reason God listens to you. God doesn't listen to you because you think you can impress him whether it be by your many words or whether it be by your 25 cents words, you know, your ones or your dollar 50 words. You know, we think, well, we use big words, certainly we'll be more spiritual. No. God sees through all of that. And it doesn't mean you can't use a big word. That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is where's your heart? Where's your heart? Where's your intent? 
God hears those prayers that are prayed in the intent of your heart. That's what he hears. And it can be said with many or it can be said with few words. So, I want to first say that we better be praying if Jesus uh, is encouraging us all times. Now, that, that kind of brings us to a thing, and that is that we often think that prayer, again, is a last resort. We think prayer is something that we do when we have a desperate need, when we're in need of something. Now, I love my children. And as much as I give them a hard time, I can tell you I am so thankful as a father that the only time my children talk to me is not when they need something. If your children only came to you because they needed and wanted and had to have, what would you begin to think? Not much of a relationship there, is there? Not much there, because all it is is kind of rub the lamp, and then, wow, I got what I want. I'll go do my thing. Well, I'm in need again. Where's that lamp? And, and that is not what Jesus is teaching here when he says at all times we ought to be praying. And so, uh, first of all, there's some scripture verses. I encourage you to write them down. This is a verse that talks about that we ought to continually, continually be praying. Now, two of my children have moved out of the house. But I will tell you, there is a continual and all the time open communication with my children. That's what... When, when there's not a moment that I am not ready and available and willing to speak and listen. And so with God, even more so, because we're limited, human, with interacting and responding to one another, but God is not. Truly, what Jesus is talking about is not never leaving a prayer stance or, or wherever you pray, you know, it's not talking about never leaving the house. Because how would you do that? How would you provide for your family? How would you? God knows those things which you have to do. But if you are going to work, if you are on vacation, if you are going wherever you are, be in an attitude of prayer. Open and constant communication with God. Ephesians 6.18, another scripture that talks about continually at all times, in every occasion. So now we've talked about it's not just for needs. It's not just when we are in need of something. We ought to be praying for all things. And if truly our relationship is open like that with the Lord... And the scripture is true when Jesus says on the Sermon of the Mount, don't you realize that the Father knows what you need before you even ask Him? He knows you better than you know yourself. He's God. He's got all that stuff. All right. So He's our Father. 
And that is clearly being taught here. He is the Father. Now we're going to get into a little bit further discussion in the next point about a contrast that Jesus gives in this passage of Scripture. But clearly, He is our Father. And may I tell you, not your earthly Father. As perfect as your earthly Father was, or as imperfect. I happened to be on the other end of that scale. There were way too many things that were imperfect. But see, here's the neat thing. Regardless of where you are, your heavenly father is perfect. He is a God and a father who is perfect and holy in every way. So praise God you can come to him with confidence. Praise the Lord. I'll let you just dwell on that picture a moment. It is one of my favorite pictures. I have this actually on a shirt in my closet. The reason is because there is a part of me that really relates to this. Ask my wife. Well, sometimes she has just said, you know, I don't know what to do. It's, I, I really relate to that, that thing where it says, uh, this year 10,000 men will die for stubbornness, and down below it says, no, we won't. <laughs> I, I get the fact that there are times when you just have to say, you know what, I may be in the fire, but I'm not done, I'm not giving up. And Jesus here says you should pray at all times and then depending upon what translation you have, mine says don't lose heart. But the point is, I think in the NIV it says don't give up. The point is you do not give up. Now there are lots of things in this world that I will tell you that aren't worth pursuing. And there are things that as you pursue them in this world, you may decide, you know what? This is something that is a little different than I thought, costing me too many years, too much money, to whatever, and you may make a change. But let me tell you something about God. He's always worth pursuing. He will never disappoint you. And that's part of what Jesus was talking about in this passage. He is worth not giving up. I don't know what your circumstances may be, but I am here to tell you there is a God who is bigger than your circumstance. There is a God who's got you covered. There is a God who's able to deliver that which you need. So never give up. Don't give up. That frog is in a desperate situation. But I just love the fact that the last thing he thought he could do is, you may got me in your mouth, but I've got your neck. <laughs> and you're not swallowing. <laughs> so the point is, is Jesus is saying, don't lose heart. Whatever you do, don't lose heart. And why can he say that? There are several reasons. I'm going to let you write these scripture verses down. 
This one talks about Elijah. James 5, 16 through 7. You can also read this in the Old Testament uh, in Kings. But Elijah was a man, and oftentimes when we read about people in Scripture, if we are not careful, we can come away so romanticizing and making them heroes that we forget they were men and women like us. They weren't superheroes. They weren't people with extraordinary powers or an inline track to God. They were human beings with all the faults, with all the flaws, with all of it. They were just like us. Now that gives me hope. (laughs) Praise the Lord. And you've heard me through this series talk about God's not looking for your perfection. He's looking for your heart. He's looking for where your focus is. You may fall down, but get back up, praise God. So then the next one is Jeremiah 29.13. This one says, you will find God when you earnestly seek Him with all of your heart. You can't give up. You can't give up. Now, we, we have always had trouble with that in our human nature. Because we're just, you know, as far as we can go, our, our furthest is still lacking. You hear what I'm saying? But I have found even more so as we have uh, seen our world get faster and faster paced. You know, popcorn taking two minutes now is too slow. We need it faster. You know, drive through, drive through, (laughs) drive through food is not fast enough. If we're waiting five minutes, we're like, I want my meal. Five minutes is pretty good for a dinner. But boy, you know, it used to be, we, you know, I know I'm looking back, but I'm just trying to describe the times. You know, waiting a half hour, waiting 45, Five minutes for your food was perfectly acceptable. Now, it's like, man, if I can't have it in five minutes, I'm out of here. And, and we really have created a culture where we're not willing to push through and wait for anything. And we sometimes can uh, bring that concept over into spiritual things. We think, well, I prayed last week for two minutes. God didn't answer my prayer. I prayed about it once, two years ago, and nothing ever happened. Well, have we really prayed, or was that really just a wish? Because there's a huge difference between praying and grabbing a hold of the heart and the will of God and that which is just a wish. Here's my favorite part, though. Jesus, in this passage, begins to tell us something. He tells us first something about the natural person that was in charge here. He was a judge. A judge is a very important person. 
A judge is a person that wields, can, a lot of authority and power. He's making decisions on things. And Jesus goes out to say that this person that was in charge was unjust. He did not love God. He was a judge that didn't care what God thought. Then it says that he was not only a judge that didn't care about God, he literally could care less about men. He had his position, he had his authority, and he just didn't care. Have you ever run across? A few I have. There are, they are there. But praise God! Do you hear what Jesus is saying in this? This widow woman would not be denied. She knew exactly who he was, and yet every day or whatever, she came with persistence and continually to the point where the Scripture says, this judge says, this woman's going to wear me out. This, this girl is just going to continue. If I don't do something, she's going to be back tomorrow. <laughs> and so he says, even though, and Jesus is telling the parable, and the unrighteous judge says, even though I don't care about God, even though I don't respect man, it makes no difference to me. I will give her legal protection. And then Jesus says something <laughs> awesome. He says, do you hear what the unjust judge says? I'm going to let that sink in. Praise God! That needs to excite all of us. The unjust judge saw to it that she got justice. God says, and you think I won't give you what you are asking? God is giving a glimpse into a difference of character between God and man. He's giving us a clear clarity that God is not a man. He's holy, he's God, and he will answer. He's not the unjust judge. It's the greatest news we ever heard. God is not the unjust judge. He's a God who sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to die for you and I. And as we read this morning, how will God, not along with his Son, graciously give you all things? He's a God who loves you. He will answer. That is clear. He says, will God delay long over them? Will he just turn a deaf ear? Read about it in Scripture. There were times where they had to persist. But you read about in Scripture, God never fails. And, yes, it is true. God likes coming in 
at the ninth inning when the bases are loaded and there's no hope. That's his greatest time to come. Because when he comes, we're not going to be able to talk about what we did. We're going to have to give all glory and honor to God. Where it belongs in the first place. Hallelujah. He will answer us. And he is, again, our father. Jesus is, is so uh, specific in, in describing the difference between his heavenly father and who it is that may be in charge of your case down here. That puts me at ease. I know that there's lots of things I see in the world that are out of kilter right now. I was challenged just recently, I told you, with that message we heard from Wes to pray. And I've been praying since that time. I was convicted. Lord, I'm not praying. If I really got a hold of you, God, you can change everything on a dime. The point is, it's in God's hands. And there's no safer place to be than in the hands of God. Don't lose heart then we're going to get to the last one Jesus talks the very last verse after giving this parable of such persistence you you uh, the word importunity it, just a continual um, relentless never giving up and then Jesus couples it at the end by saying, however, when the Son of Man comes, he's talking about him, when Jesus comes, will he find faith on the earth? He's describing what this widow woman is doing as faith. Understand our prayers, if they are not coupled by faith, are dead. They're dead prayers on arrival. They're dead as we say them. And, and we know in our hearts whether we're praying by faith or not. Or whether we're just saying, well, I guess, you know, church says I ought to do this. Bible says I ought to do this. Never happened, but I'll do it. Not much faith there. But if I say, Lord, here I am again. God, I know nothing has changed, but I know my hope is not in my circumstances or in this world. I know my only hope comes from you. I know, Lord, that without you, I am already in trouble. So it has to be coupled by faith. Now, I've got the verse on there, James 5, 13 through 20. And really, you can write that down because that whole number of verses is very encouraging about prayer and about persistence and not giving up and about the fact that Elijah was a person just like us. And it talks about that he prayed and it didn't rain for three and a half years. We think we're in a drought now? 
It didn't see a drop of rain for three and a half years. Then it said Elijah prayed. You can read about it in 1 Kings chapter 17 and 18 that when Elijah did pray, when he first prayed in 1 Kings chapter 17 and 18, it says that Elijah sent his servant and then when he looked up into the sky, he saw a cloud about the size of a man's fist. Now, I don't know about you. I was born and raised in Portland, but I even know if you see a cloud the size of a man's fist, nothing's happening. But you know what Elijah said when he saw the cloud? He said, you better go hitch a chariot because I hear the sound of an abundance of rain coming. That was praise God in faith. In faith, when he saw the slightest, he said, God's on his way. It was a prayer of faith. And that's what Jesus is talking about here. When he comes, he's saying this parable for a reason. Will he find the faith of this lady that continued to come and said, grant me justice? Praise the Lord. So the next thing that you need to understand, and that is that our faith has got to be, uh, our, our prayer has got to be coupled with faith. It, they go together. A prayer prayed that doesn't have faith, again, is, is DOA, dead on arrival. It's just not going to amount to anything. Jesus talks about it in Mark eleven twenty four. 24. Not sure what's happening, Matt, if you can help me. There we go. Uh, James 1, 5 through 7. James talks about it. He says, a double-minded man, a man that isn't asking by faith, will not receive anything from God. Here's, though, something that I want to talk about. I believe, I, I shared a, a verse with you last week. I'm going to share it with you again this week. Um, it's Romans 10, 17. And even though we're talking about prayer, it's important because this uh, Romans 10, 17 says, where, is, where does faith come from? Faith comes from hearing by the Word of God. So if you're praying but you never open your Bible, there's not going to be much faith. If you're praying and all you're doing is that and you're not in relationship with God, there's not a lot of power. You're praying words, but understand, God is real. The relationship with Jesus is real. And when you're linked up with him and you are learning about who he is by opening his living, breathing word, it will build faith in your heart. That's where faith comes from, the word of God. So if you're praying and you think, man, my prayers aren't doing anything, start reading the stories of the word of God. Start reading about the Hebrew children, Daniel in the lion's den, Elijah with the prophets of Baal. Start reading about Gideon and the 300 men. 
Start reading about these stories and it will build faith in your heart. God is able. That brings us up. The, the first verse up there under James is 1 Peter 2, uh, 1, 2. 1 Peter 2, 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. Now, a lot of times people talk about that uh, this be, uh, you know, spiritual milk given for baby Christians. I have looked at this verse and what he's talking about here is the purity of God's word. What he's talking about is if you want to really grow and be grounded in your faith, you can't have the word of God watered down. You need it in its pure form. Then, of course, Romans 10, uh, Romans 10, 17, I already gave you. There is no substitute for the Word of God. None. None. There is no substitute for the Word of God. The Word of God is life. And Jesus asks the question, Will? I find faith when I come. Now, we don't have time to go there, but in the book of Revelation, chapter 3, Jesus talks about the churches. And as Jesus talks about the churches, there are so many of them that as he's getting ready to come back are lacking. This is why at North Lake Church we have not been ashamed to say we're going to be people of the Word. We're going to be people of prayer. We're going to be people of the Holy Spirit. These things keep us. That's why we've made them a part of our core values. Next week I'm going to be passing them out again. If you haven't yet got uh, received... We either have them in bookmarks or we have them in uh, just a kind of a, a half sheet. Uh, and they describe our core values. It describes who we are at North Lake Church. And, and the reason that they're important is because they're not just things we've, we've pulled out of the air that we say, well, we'd like to do this, we'd like to do that. Number one, it is a part of North Lake's culture that we are going to be people of the word. That we're not going to just, just uh, uh, go forever. We, we want to know where it is found in the word of God. We want to know that it's of the spirit of God. The spirit brings life. So Jesus says, will he find faith? I am praying and I am believing and all of us need to get to this point to say, Lord, as far as it depends on me, I will be a person of faith. I will be that person. Amen? We're talking about the power of God. We're talking about being plugged in to his purposes. One of those key words is prayer. Without prayer, we will never see the unleashed and unlocked power of God in your daily walk with God. Bow your head with me this morning.